Hello, everyone, and first of all, happy holidays. This being December 7th, hard to believe, Annie, that uh, Christmas and New Year's are right around the corner, isn't it? Yes, I cannot believe it. I know, and, you know, I'm shopping on Amazon and, um, you know, getting ready to sign out all my Christmas cards and all those things that all of us do. But, you know, Annie, today's conversation is going to be interesting because in addition to all those personal things that we're all doing, you know, thinking about the holiday glazed ham or the turkey or lasagna, in my case, uh, <laughs> we might be getting ready for Christmas dinner and, you know, thinking about what we're going to do on New Year's Eve to celebrate the dawn of 2023, you know, I'm also a small business owner and so many of our listeners are also small and medium sized business owners. And there's just a lot of things going on in, you know, today's business climate um, that, you know, weren't concerns we had to worry about quite so much in the past. So I imagine that there's a lot of um, the audience out there that's kind of thinking about things, maybe worrying about some things. And I thought in today's session, you being an MBA and a CPA and a certified kingdom advisor, you having decades of experience in, you know, accounting and tax planning and financial uh, planning and strategies, you know, maybe we'll just pick your brain on the things that a small business owner like myself and the others listening should be thinking about and maybe shouldn't be worrying about. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds like colder, Phil, but yes, <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep it kind of simple and high level. Um, the first thing I want to ask you about is, you know, as both a individual taxpayer and also as a business, as a C-Corp that pays corporate taxes, yeah, I'm looking at these notices from the IRS that they're hiring like 800 million new agents and, uh, you know, there's... Some people that will sit around the bar stool or a restaurant dinner table and say, oh, that means that they're cracking down and this and that's going to happen. What's your perspective on what's going on there? Well, Phil, at first, when I read the $87 billion budget and they're going to hire 87,000 new agents, I my heart stopped beat for one second there. Then, you know, there are a lot of articles coming out, a lot of experts are discussing. And, um, you know, I read upon some articles and um, let's take a step back, like what you're saying, common sense. Okay. So they, IRS has nowhere close to 87 billion budget a year right now. And that new budget amount will be supposedly given to them over 10 years time frame. So they are going to have to figure out a way, a plan as to how they plan to do with the newfound money. And of course, um, Treasury or, you know, they are Congress, they are going to want to see their plan. And that's going to take time, first of all. And IRS is one of the government agency so when they want to hire employees, that's going to take some time as well, Phil. Mm. So I think I think we can um, relax a little bit. All this process, even though um, it's very nice, they got a bump. And the reason that they are being given this um, increased budget was because supposedly 
the taxes owed versus tax being collected, there is huge gap. There's billion dollars of gaps there, and therefore they are being awarded to this never. Um, the president, this budget was never being given to them before. Was hoping to help them to modernize their technology, help them to hire more agents in order to collect the deficit of the taxes owed to the government. But you know, it takes time, and a lot can change.、Um, depends on. Which party is in charge?、Um, who is going to be the you know commander in chief and all that? So, if we think about that, actually, we probably can breathe a little bit better because they are not going to get this money overnight. They won't be able to implement a plan or you know rid of all their technologies overnight. They won't be able to hire all the new agents overnight. So I think you know. I think at least give it a year or two, and a lot can change in a year or two. So,、um, well,、yeah. I am going to breathe a sigh of relief. And、uh, <laughs> thank you. That that's really good advice.、Um, you know, then you know, switching gears over to what's happened with regard to inflation and some of the、um, you know interest rate increases and things like that. Like every small business. I have my revenues that are produced by the work that I do. Certainly, I have some debt servicing, whether it's capital equipment that I've leased or other types of things. And as I'm sure every business owner listening is probably doing, I'm looking at those interest lines and those expense lines and asking myself some questions about how I can better position into what looks to be a Less certain, 2023. I don't want to call it completely uncertain, but certainly there are some things developing that raise some questions. What advice do you have for people as they think about that revenue debt ratio, and what suggestions do you have that you know they can think about in terms of improving that ratio? Well,、um, Bill, it's a very good questions because of my belief,、um, and you know. Religiously and、uh, how I was brought up, I am not a, a very big、um, like using other people's money type of professional. But over the years, I realized I came I came to a realization that there is a time and a place that we should use other people's money in order to grow and expand. Um, I applaud the small business owners that they have the courage to pursue their passion and even have the the courage to take up a loan and in order to pay the employees buy the equipments that they need. But there's going to be、um, a balance, like you were saying, a a, a debt ratio. Well, ideally, you know, I wouldn't encourage my clients to. Leverage more than fifty percent.、Um, yes, you can take tax deductions, but cash flow is a key. If you are not able to generate enough income to pay for the interest expenses, it's going to jeopardize your business operation. So I will not、um, 
recommend that. So I think first step is to look at your cash flow, because your profit and loss statements might not be in line with your cash flow. For example, I sell a car to Phil for fifty thousand dollars, and Phil has not paid me yet. So on profit and loss statement, it looks like I'm making twenty thousand. But on the cash flow, I actually I don't have that cash because Phil has not paid me yet. But I need to pay my employees. As a business owner, if you have employees, you are not only responsible for support your own family, you are also have the responsibility to your employees. In in turn, they are they have to take care of their family. So that's just my thought. As a business owner myself, that I feel responsible for my family and also the people that、I、work with their family as well. So for the debt income ratio, I wouldn't just look at the ratio. I highly recommend that's look at them along with your cash flow situation. You know, and those are excellent suggestions, Annie. And Like so many things,、um, sometimes those are the big, hairy, ugly monsters that hide under our bed at night, and <laughs> we're afraid to shine a light under that bed and really see what that monster looks like. But the reality is, the longer you avoid paying attention to those things, the more risk you incur.、Um, so, as they're looking at that cash flow, I think you've given some good suggestions about how to evaluate that and how do you improve that scenario. Are there strategies that businesses can use to, you know, let's say I did owe you fifty thousand on a car and I hadn't paid you yet? Is it more advantageous for you to come back to me and say, listen, if you can accelerate your payments, I'm willing to look at a two point five percent reduction or a five percent reduction based on short pay, knowing that that there's a debt service to that. Does that kind of thing make sense for a business to think about? Yes, and then we call that you know sales term or invoice term. So for a business owner, before they start the business, they really should just do what you just suggested. They can tell their customer if you pay me within thirty days, you know you can get two point five percent discount off the sales price. And but if you exceed ninety days, you didn't pay me. You are going to have to incur the interest payment of two point five percent. So, just I I think you you don't want to just yield at one. You you can't just only tailor to your customers' needs. You got to consider how to run your business more efficiently and in a more profit manner. So you want to you want to encourage your customers to pay you. As soon as possible, but you also don't want to. You also want to deter them from paying you late. So you you got you want to set up those terms from the beginning. And once you have the history, once the business started for running for one two years, you have your client your customer base base. You kind of know how they pay. Then you segregate them into A B C customers. That kind of things. So for the A customers, maybe you can give them a better terms because they pay you, and they、um, you don't have to keep on calling them because 
if you do that, you have to hire people to do that as well, or you have to contact the collection agency. So for yeah. those people that pay you, then perhaps you can offer them a better terms, meaning, you know, you can say, if you pay me 30 days, within 30 days in cash or a good ACH, I could give you 3% discount, for example, or you can say, you know, offer something which costs you less. For example, if you pay me within 30 days, every time you come over, we wash your car for free. We vacuum your car for free. So <laughs> if you, you treat your people nice, I mean, you treat your customer nice and, you know, you offer like a, a lunch for them to have a, a coffee snacks, which it really costs you very little, but you build up the relationship and then you're giving them convenience mm -hmm. and a clean environment to have the car cleaned. You know, you build up the rapport and, and then you can have a client appreciation month. If they um, refer someone, then you give them discounts or both of them like feel refer me, uh, Mary. So I will give feel a free car wash. I'll also give Mary free car wash. I'll give a feel 3% off of the new car sales price. I'll offer the same for Mary so that it's not like um, you are selling your friends, so to speak. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, there's a lot of things you can think uh, once you started out, when you first started and versus Every year, ideally, if you can look at your business operations, at least, and then to see what you can do differently, you know, I think that'll be good. And it will be fun as well, you know. Very interesting. And, you know, Annie, the final question I have for you, um, and this is one that you may take a moment or two to think about. Um, but look, we're entering into that magical zone. And I wrote about this in my uh, first book and a little bit in my third book. But, um, you know, we enter this magic zone where somehow we believe that regardless of all our habits, regardless of the things we do every single day, somehow when the calendar changes from December 31st to January 1st, we can just recreate our entire selves and our businesses by way of these um, mythical um, resolutions that we make. Um, but what we know to be true is that if you set a resolution and you really want to achieve that resolution, you need to create something actionable, realistic, something that can integrate into your day-to-day -day habits such that, you know, it's something that you do, not something you aspire to do. And when you think about a business entering into 2023, if you could think about the one to three important resolutions a business might commit themselves to make going into next year that would be most important, what would you think that one to three item list might look like? Well, um, I think every business industry is a little bit different, but we all need sales. We all need, we all have expenses. So I think that's two. And then how to balance your, I guess the last item I would say is balance your business and personal life. Um, end of the day, we work hard. Yes, we want to um, contribute to the society. We want to make a living, living. But, you know, 
I always encourage my client, you got to enjoy your life as well because you work too hard. So I think if there's three things I can um, remind all of us and which we all know is, you know, your sales plan, um, how to operate your business more efficiently, effectively, that will be looking at the expenses that you incurred um, or going to incur because you need to, um, you need to improve your business and how to improve and what to improve. You need to have a budget for that. Like I never, I never thought that I um, would need a business coach, so to speak, but I think it's, it's good and it's necessary. Um, and the last thing will be, you know, balancing your business and personal life to spend time, especially with the children, because they grow up so quickly. Now for the business, the, the sales side would be something we cannot control would be the macroeconomics, um, the supply chain issue that you mentioned, and mm -hmm. whatever the law is going to pass, the regulations, we cannot really control it. But having a plan, a plan in place, regardless of business plan or your personal plan, um, you will you won't be react to the markets up and down. For example, that. I know this um, horseback riding business that is projected that the hay, the production of the hay will be will be short. So the owner has been purchasing hay since summer to stock up, and that just give us a, I guess, an inspiration. Like for us business owners. I wouldn't say COVID is hundred percent over, um, because COVID COVID's impact a lot of business going to touchless operations, and with Millennium and um, Gen Z, they are becoming the major core or the force of the society. They are a very intuitive, technology driven um, generations. So how are we, I embrace technology. I love technology. And I, um, I think the future for the business to bring in sales would be, how are we going to operate um, heavily in technology? How are we going to respond to the potential clients or clients digitally uh, while at the same time, protect their privacy. And that's very important, you know, the security breach and all that. That's on the sales side, how you are going to attract the new generation to become your potential customers. How are you going to tailor, keep on servicing the other generations, which they might not. I still have some um, older generation clients. They don't they don't like to use computer <laughs> and yeah. So, so what are you going to do? You, you have to tailor to both and there's a balance and you have to ask yourself end of the day, 
if you can choose, you can make the same amount of money, what would you prefer to do? You, you got to do it for yourself as well. And that's important. And about the expenses, you know, since we're moving to the digital world, so you, the traditional, perhaps your employees can work remotely. So you can save on office space, but then you will have increased um, usage or expenses on technology, like cloud storage, the cloud-based software and all that, and how you monitor or assess employees' productivity will be different. So that the expenses will be shifting uh, into different category. And how are you going to be able to spend your dollars more wisely? That's another issue. And lastly, it's about balance your business and personal life. And that is really important um, in, in my humble opinion. My mom passed um, 10 years mm -hmm. in October. And uh, I do regret that I didn't spend enough time with her. Um, so I, I feel though, we all think that that day is not going to come, that they are always going to be there. But, you know, just one day a phone call, that just changes everything. So you never know. And plus, we went through 9-11. Um, you know, it's never too late to tell your children, your family, about how you feel about them. And really just focus on your time with them. <laughs> like I'm bad, I'm guilty, you know, myself. So I have to really set up the time after 7 p.m. or after 5 p.m. that I will focus on my daughter. When I talk to her, I will not think about what I'm gonna say to the next meeting. And I feel I enjoy my time with my daughter better. And I feel like I gain some sanity back as well. You know? <laughs> and that costs me nothing to do. Well, I think that that is beautiful advice. And, you know, if you are attending to those important things throughout the workday um, that you should be, then you can really unplug from that and work like balance matters. You know, there's a lot of studies out on workplace stress and all the things that can occur as a result of that. Um, so Annie, that's very sage advice. And for those of you listening today, I hope you will take this into the new year. I hope you'll consider at least one thing that we've talked about, if not all the things that we've talked about and, you know, put them into play and see how they help you because we know that they will. Um, so Annie, thank you. Very engaging conversation, very insightful and my goodness, getting ready for the holidays together. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I'm encouraged. <laughs> yes, yeah, me too. Listen, thank you and all of you listening. If you enjoyed this session, please feel free to share, tell your friends, listen twice, make some comments, tell us what you'd like to hear next. But we're here to help and um, we appreciate you tuning in. So thanks everybody and thank you so much, Annie. Thank you. Thanks, Phil.